Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Hello, how is everyone? Who took a test this week? Raise your hand. Who, who passed them? There we go. I like the confidence. Come on now. Hey, let's pray real quick. Father, we come to you tonight. And first off, we just want to say thank you. We just want to thank you for you. We want to thank you for what you are doing. Lord, we just invite you in this place and, Lord, fill this atmosphere. Let us be able to shake off anything that we don't need to be bringing in here right now. Let us be able to leave everything outside of these four walls and let us be able to just enter into your presence and learn from your word. Lord, we don't take this lightly, but we take this seriously. Lord, I ask that you give me the words to say. Let these words just be your words. Let them impact these students in a real and a mighty way. We ask this in your name. Amen. Man, I'm super pumped about tonight. God is doing some amazing things I've seen, not only in our community, not only on our campus, not only in this nation, but throughout this world. And I can't tell you like how excited I am. I love to see revivals popping up uh, through our nation. And let me just be honest with you, because this is how big it is to me. Is like I love to see revivals because what I have seen is that our time here on this earth, I, I truly believe that it is a showing of what end times is starting to become. Right? I feel like we're lining up with Scripture with the end times. Now, let us not be fooled into thinking that life is going to get any easier from this point on. Like, I really believe that the pandemic shook some things up that are never going to fall back into place. Maybe it shouldn't be put back into place because I believe what it showed us is that it showed us that our nation has a lack of dependency upon Jesus. So students, don't be fooled when many people say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But in reality, we are a minority. But God always has a plan for his people, and that's what excites me. We see it from, the, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, that God always protects his people. He always has a plan for them and a desire for them. And I'm telling you, I'm excited because I see things like um, um, in my own friend groups, I have friends that send me uh, emails of their newsletters of, of exciting things happening, not only here in this nation, but also things that are happening in Africa and, and across seas and how they're being lights to people and bringing them to the feet of Jesus. I love to see revivals happening in this nation. I even love to see your beautiful faces come here at nine o'clock on Tuesday night, walking in for, uh, to these doors from your dorm rooms, from from your apartment complexes, from your houses, saying, you know what, I don't care who sees me walk into this building, but I'm going to praise me some Jesus tonight, amen? Like, I'm excited about that. I love to see people be used by God to get his message across. And I, I love it when we take Jesus to lost and hard places. It could most likely just be across the hallway from you. It could be your friend sitting next to you in class, 
but I love to see people, I love to see college students who take it seriously to love Jesus and make his name known. I call college your shake and bake years because you shake off your parents' faith and you bake on your own faith. You shake, how, you shake off what they did and you start baking on what you are going to do. But there is a little bit of a litmus test, if I can be honest with you. I've been doing college ministry for 17 years. Come on, give it to Jesus. Come on. I know I look like I'm 23. All right? I know it. But you know what? Some of you, very few, all right, because I'm so discerning, all right? But some of you can fool me. I'll be honest with you. On if you are really taking this life with Jesus, seriously. Some of you can fool me by your attendance at church, by your attendance at crossover. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, they're legit, right? Some of you can, can fool me with your words. Like, you know what to say, how to say it. You know some biblical scriptures, all right? You might got some cool tats. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's, that's super holy when you got some biblical tats, amen, right? But you want to know how I can really tell if you are legit and one way that you cannot fool me is how well you date. Man, you can say all the things that you want to say. You can go to church the way that you want to go to church, but you show me how you date and who you date, and I can show you how close you really want to be to Jesus. Because, because there is a difference between your stereotypical college student and how they date and how they do everything within the dating realms, and there should be a difference on how a sold-out, God-fearing, Jesus-loving Christian should date. I believe that there's no middle ground. I really don't. I don't believe that there's, there, there's middle ground in this. I believe that you either date like the world or you date like someone who is truly seeking Jesus with everything that they do. Now here's what I've learned, all right? I've leaned a little bit on, on Ben Stewart. I've leaned a little bit on Francis Chan for tonight. And, and we all kind of came to the same conclusion that dating is a process and it's to evaluate if this girl or this guy is compatible with you for marriage. Like dating has a process. It's to evaluate if this person is the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. So as we've learned before on the last two weeks, today we're going to learn something a little different. We're going to learn how to date. Because dating has a beginning. It has a middle and it has an end. So let's look at how to date. Now listen, I'm going to do this a little bit different today. I want to be able to, to take some ideas and I want to be able to look at the text and kind of, kind of flesh out some text, but also just kind of speak with you tonight about what dating is because dating is not in the Bible, but I think there are some things that we need to highlight from the Bible. How to date. I think first off, when you date, I think we need, to, we need to date prayerfully. Come on now. Uh, Matthew 26, 41 says this. Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Psalms 141, 2 says, let my, be, let my prayer be counted as incense before you. Come on. And the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Many of us know this next one. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 17. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. 
give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Come on, listen to me. This is from last week as well. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All right? Like, I, I think if dating is a big deal to you, which I know, how many of y'all think about your future marriage? Raise your hand. Come on, don't be shy. All right, some of you are like, I don't think about that. Right? Jesus is enough for me. Okay, great. Believe it. All right? But if it's a desire of your heart, if it's what you think about a lot, I've been in college as well, all right? Something that you yearn for, then it's probably something big enough for you to pray for. And when you're having this communication with God, what this, what this tells me about you students is that you know what God can do for you. Like you're not praying to some mythical creature up in the sky with with a unicorn, no, no, no. You're praying to, to the creator of all, someone whose knowledge is greater than yours. His ways are greater than yours ways. His knowledge is greater than your knowledge. His will for your life is greater than your own will for your life. And when you pray, it sets you up so much better for dating, you have no idea. You wanna know how? Because prayer takes the desperation out of dating. Because when you pray for somebody to become your boyfriend or for your girlfriend, when you pray for a partner, you are praying to Jesus to bring you someone. Like you take the responsibility off of yourself and you bring it to God's attention and you take it to his feet and you lay it down and say, I'm not going to worry about that anymore because I know that you can bring me someone. Listen, you might trust God with your grades, you might trust God with your finances. You might even trust God with your eternal salvation forever and ever to come, that he is going to bring you into his heaven and you're gonna walk with him for eternity. You trust him in that. How come you don't trust him with your future spouse? So many of us, we short circuit God's plan for our life and we start dating someone who might give us attention for the first time when no one else has ever given us attention. Maybe for some of us, we don't even have time to breathe before we hop into another relationship. But this is why prayer is so important, because it puts all the control in God's hands. And you ask God to bring you somebody, and then if someone kind of enters into your atmosphere, maybe your friend circle, you pray that God illuminates if this person is supposed to be with me, but also illuminate to that person if I'm supposed to be with them, if we are compatible, God expose it for us. Listen, students, if you're not praying right, you're not dating right. Now, I wanna do a little side note here because I like side notes, all right? Praying also keeps you pretty accountable. Can I get amen to that? Jesus, what does he say every morning? He'd, he'd break away and he would go and pray, right? I, I used to say, well, pray anytime. Yes, it says pray without ceasing. But how many of us pray as the first thing in the morning? right? When you pray first thing in the morning, it kind of sets some accountability for you because you know, hey, guess what? In the morning, I'm going to go to the throne of Jesus and I'm going to cast all my cares upon him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going I'm to glorify him. I'm going to give him everything that I have, but also I'm going to listen to him and we'll have him pour into me. And, and, and when you start creating this rhythm of prayer, it also makes you a little bit more accountable for the evening before. Amen. Like, like when you know that you're about to go talk to Jesus just a few hours later, it sure does hold you accountable the night before it happens. 
If you want to date right, you have to pray right. Second point I want to say is this, when dating and how to date. There needs to be some daggum clarity. You need to put daggum in your notes, please. I want to see that four years from now, all right? Ephesians 4.15 says, to speak truth in love. Proverbs 29.18 says, without vision, people will perish. What this text is being clear is that you need to be clear with your intentions and there needs to be clarity in every step of your relationship from the beginning to the middle to the end. Because when there is not clarity, there is commotion. How many of us have been in a relationship where there was not clarity? And how many of y'all that that insecurity started creeping in or that jealousy started turning its head in your life, or that doubt started coming in, and you didn't know what to do in that circumstance. Because where there is no clarity, there will always be interviewed a hundred different women. And it said that 91% of women want men to initiate the date first. Can I get an amen on that, women? All right. There we go, four of y'all. All right, come on. By raise of hands. Who wants the guys to pursue them? Raise your hand. Guys, look at this. Look. For those podcasters, that's 100% of the girls in here. How many of y'all, by raise of hands, I'm interested in this. How many of y'all want that guy to pursue you face to face? Okay. A lot. I, 100%. I like it. Some of you are like, I don't care if he DMs me. Come on. Like, I'm just, I want somebody. All right. How many of y'all, let's go one more time. How many of y'all want him to say, do you want to go on a date with me rather than do you want to just hang out, right? Right? Come on now. There you go, 100%. All right. Face them face to face. Be a man about it, all right? Be able to hear yes, but also be able to hear no, all right? But, but go and face them face to face and say, do you want to go on a date with me, all right? Clarity is key. Because girls want to know what to wear. All right, if it's a hangout, they're going to wear hoodies and a sweatshirt with a bun in. All right? But if it's a date, though, all right, they're going to step their game up a little bit. All right? That's all I'm going to say about that. Clarity is key. Step one, the clarity after. Step two, clarity after the first date. When Caroline and I... Her ears just perked up. She goes, what is he going to say about me? Uh, I think it was about our, f- our fourth date, fourth hangout. I don't remember exactly the circumstance, but we were at one of our favorite um, restaurants called Mi Casina. Anybody been there in Dallas? All right. We were there. I spent all of my salary for that week at that restaurant because I was making like literally 20 cents an hour at a church, right? Um, but I remember we were leaving the place and I got a phone call and the phone call, uh, was actually from one of my church members who said that one of our girls in our Sunday school class actually got in a very bad, uh, car wreck. And, um, I was like, Hey, we're going to go, like, we're going to go visit her. And so Caroline and I, we showed up to, um, this hospital. Caroline has never made a, a, a hospital visit before. All right. And, what was so cool about that hospital visit is the girl, I mean, she got T-boned. It was bad. Like, she was pretty banged up. 
I mean, her face was all swollen. She had a headband on, and she's, you could tell she was scared. No family had gotten there yet. We were the first visitors. And I got to sit back, and I got to watch Caroline, like, just own it. Like, she didn't know who this girl was. She didn't know what was going on. She just knew that this girl needed some encouragement. And Caroline just sat there and asked her some questions. And I love how Caroline can just lead. She's like, hey, you're going to be just fine. Like, man, you know what? God's going to bring you through this. This is going to be a story. And I got to see Caroline just talk. I didn't even have to say much. Like, it was great. Like, I just sat there like a wallflower and just watched Caroline just pour into this girl. And she was so appreciative of like, of, of, of us just being there. And do this home that night and I was like man this girl's legit because I got to see Caroline do this and I got to see her handle and love some hurting person but then for the next couple weeks I got to see her serve in our church I got to see her lead worship on on stage I got to see her lead in her own uh, Bible fellowship class I got to meet her friends I got to know who she was. And I'm telling you, it wasn't very long. I I don't remember exactly how many dates in. I want to say it was probably within like five, all right? We're driving home. I remember she was driving me back to my my apartment complex. And I look at her and I go, listen, like we need to have a serious conversation. Like, Like, I'm not just in this to date you. Like, I'm in this to marry you. Like, and you need to know that. And like, it took, I mean, it was like a sucker punch to her guys. Like, I mean, she's like, oh, okay, hold on a second, right? I'm like, I'm like, I've dated enough people. Like, I don't want to just waste my time. Like, I want to marry you. I know it. And, and if you want to continue this, like, you need to be on board with that. And no lie, she didn't speak to me for three days, all right? Yeah, I think marrying a pastor is a whole other ordeal. Like, it was, it was a big deal to her. She had never thought that she would ever marry a pastor, not only a pastor, but a pastor with a receding hairline, right? You know what I'm saying? I had to make a ball joke. Someone says I haven't made one in a while. But she came back to me after three days and says, yes, Brent. Like, like I know without a shadow of a doubt, I told my mom even, like, I'm going to marry this guy. And I want you to know, like, like I'm locked in. I'm in it. Like, like, let's do this. Guys, from that point on, like, she never had to guess my commitment to her. Like, I'm not here to waste your time or mine. Like, I want to be able to, like, let you know, like, I'm going to marry you. And, like, let there never be a doubt. Like, clarity is key. Now, ladies, listen, some of y'all have some responsibilities as well. Like, I think clarity is key for you as well. One of the clarity key points is when you need to tell a guy no. Anybody, like, that's hard for you, okay? Be real with them. Be honest with them. Be clear with them. Like, listen, like, I know, like, this is what you want, but, like, I feel like God is taking me a different direction, and I think that you need to make it clear to them. Like, like, like you're great. You're a little too goofy for me. Probably not going to work out, right? Like, just be honest. Like, give it to them face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball. Amen, fellas? Like, not a text. Not a DM. Don't tell your friends before you tell him. And don't tell your friends after you tell him. Say he was a great guy. He loves Jesus. He just wasn't for me. Can we just like, can we keep it like that? Keep it real? I hate gossips. Come on now. I don't hate them. I love them. I seriously dislike them. Number three, autonomy. Webster's Dictionary says it this way. Having the freedom to govern itself 
or control its own affairs. Do I have a scripture point for this? I don't just have one, I have the whole Bible. All right? You alone are responsible for you alone. The whole Bible talks about how we are to individually have our own relationship with Jesus. Your mama ain't going to be standing, standing next to you at the, at the day of judgment with you and Jesus. Your daddy ain't going to protect you. Your boyfriend, your husband, no one is going to be there except for you and Jesus. We need to take it seriously right now. If you want to go to class, you can go to class. If you want to go to church, you go to church. If you want to have a relationship with Jesus, you can have a relationship with Jesus. You have the freedom to control your own actions. Here why this is why this is important biblically because where you stand right now on a spiritual level is you are considered single in the eyes of God. I don't care if you have a little honey boo boo thing on the side, all right? I don't care if you have a girlfriend or you have a boyfriend, right? Or we're just chatting, right? Your status before God is that you are single. There's no area for dating. Like This is something that we have invented over the last hundred years. You are to treat the opposite. And the next step is marriage. You're single and then you're married. And with marriage comes certain privileges, amen, and certain responsibilities. And let me tell you, those responsibilities are not always easy. But the Bible, I mean, it tells us deliberately, it it explains very clearly what marriage should look like in the confines of spiritual, um, spiritualness, and uh, according to the scripture. But here's what we have done in this world that we know it is that we have added this little ingredient in this mix called dating, between single and between marriage. And what happens in this little mixture is like we like to say, well, I am dating her. She is my girlfriend. Oh, wait, he is my boyfriend. And this is what we do, is we think that it gives us certain privileges. We think it gives us certain ownership over that person. Or that person has certain ownership of me. Let's be honest here, right? You think some of the privileges, like, oh, she's my girlfriend, so now I can kiss her anytime I want to. Amen? No amens. Okay, I like it. You're learning. Some of you are like, well, I now have privilege to waffle handhold through the union and make everybody jealous because my boyfriend's looking good in those Lululemons. Amen? All right? Like, we're not just hand-holding, we're waffling, all right? Like, that's, a, that's the next level. But in all honesty, it gives us a little bit more security in the thinking that we have this person. Listen, you don't get certain privileges clear-cut before you having all the responsibility. Like, this is clear-cut. Before you get married, you are considered single, amen. I get asked all the time, well, Brent, like, like, well, how far is too far? Like, what, what can we do physically with a girlfriend? I just say 1 Timothy 1. In 1 Timothy, it says that you are to treat older women as your mothers and younger women as your sisters in all purity. So you tell me how far is too far with your mom? <laughs> right? 
How far is too far with your sister? Right? It's gross. It's gross. That's all you're going to remember about this sermon, isn't it? <laughs> Dating isn't meant to get certain privileges without having certain responsibilities. No, dating is a process of evaluation. Students, I wish, I beg, if you could learn anything from me, I wish I would have learned how to evaluate better. I promise you. If you want to save yourself heartbreak, wasted time, hurting emotions, learn how to evaluate better. These are three things that I would like you for you to evaluate now listen, what I love to hear is people say, you know, after crossover, we talk about your sermon, and like, you know, we, we, I love to hear about people just getting in groups and talking about the sermon or drive home. Like, I would love for you to think, what are some more things that we can evaluate? But I'm just going to give you three things that I think that you should evaluate, and I'd love for y'all to add more on this when y'all get to talk. The first thing I would love for y'all to evaluate with the other person is their attendance. Their attendance in church, you think that this one would go without saying. You think this would be an easy answer, but I can't tell you how many, especially girlfriends, come down to me, tears in their eyes, wishing and hoping I had this secret answer when they say, like, I love my boyfriend so much, and I know that he knows the truth, but man, he never goes to church. What can I tell him? And over and over and over again, I have to be honest. I'm like, listen, like, like, like if they're not going to church now, like if, if they're not feeling it now, if they're not feeling the draw to go to church now, then you probably don't need to be with them. Because let's think future tense here. Like if they're not going to church now, what do you think is going to happen once life hits them like, a, te- like a, a bag of bricks, right? Once you get married. Once you get married, then life's going to happen. And then what's going to happen? Then you're going to have kids. Then you're going to have kids that you're trying to tell them that Jesus is real and we're supposed to build up and glorify God and build his church and let his name be known. And then you got dad sitting on the couch not even proclaiming, the, not showing the importance of church. How much of a tear and how much of a tie is that going to be in your marriage? And vice versa with guys, with girls. Think about future tense. Mom is not going to tell them about their kids needing to go to church. Actions speak louder than words. Look at their attendance, not only in the things that they're supposed to go to, maybe crossover, maybe church, but what about the things that they're not supposed to go to? What are they wasting their time on? Where are they going? Your actions. Battles. How do they handle the battle within How do they handle when hard times come, when stress happens, when conflict happens, when things don't go their way? How do they handle that? Like, do they have the double filter? This is what I would really love for you to be able to evaluate, not only for them, but also your own life. Like, do they have a double filter in life? When when crap hits the fan, when life gets hard, when stressful times happen, when people die, when, when the worst possible thing can happen in their life do they have a filter in do they be able to are they able to filter the hurt and the pain and say you know what but I still have a good God I know this is happening in my life but God is still on his throne and yes I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna weep and yes I'm gonna have hard times and yes I'm gonna stress but you know what God is still in control God is still on his throne and they have just even a positive outlook in their mind but then they filter the things that come out as well 
If someone can evaluate the things that they say and they can evaluate the things that they don't say, that's a true honorable Christian, right? Someone that can say, you know what? Yeah, life is going hard, but, but you know what? I get, gave it all to God, and you know what? The things that come out of my mouth, I'm going to leave the aroma of the Spirit. I'm not going to just spew. I'm not going to be toxic, but I'm going to be able to say whatever's going on in my life. I'm going to say, but Jesus is still on his throne, and I'm still going to curve it back to Jesus. Ladies, if I can just be honest with you, it's easy for guys to get angry. It's easy for us. It's easy to give up when things are hard. It's easy to let stress overwhelm us. It's easy for us to get into conflicts. But do you want a guy that is that, that prideful and by his emotions? Do you want a guy that, that either gets angry or gets prideful and flares up and then there's no room for any movement? There's no aroma of Jesus. Or do you want a guy that also, maybe he's not even that way. Maybe he shuts down. Maybe he crumbles. Maybe he panics. Maybe he stresses. Maybe he doesn't do anything. Do you want a guy that's like that? Or do you want a guy that says, you know what? No matter what is happening in my world right now, I'm going to glorify God and God is going to build it to me, and you know what? We're going to make his name known, and we're going to build his church. Don't you want a guy like that, ladies? Guys, same goes for you. Do you want someone who has the aroma of the Spirit where when you are having a hard day at work, you're able to come home, and she's able to be a light for you? Someone that, that you want to do life with, someone that you want to grow old with, someone that can always help point you back to Jesus, maybe kick you in the pants a little bit and say, hey, bro, straighten up. Jesus has still got you, right? Like, like, don't we want somebody like that? Because at the end of the day, this is where we get a little confused. And this is just my own personal thoughts here, all right? Like, marriage is 90 for, 95% friendship and 5% intimacy. Like, like, make sure you like the person. Make sure that you like how they handle things. Make sure that you like how they fight. Make sure you like how they love. Make sure you like how they talk to other people. Make sure you like the way that they just handle every emotion for them, like, like, like in every part of their life. Make sure that they have a filter for Jesus. But lastly, more than anything, this is what I want you to evaluate. Do they love Jesus? Like, does their life point to Jesus or not? Just make it clear. If you haven't noticed, every sermon I have has this underlying theme of Jesus. Everything in our life needs to be surrendered to Jesus because Jesus has supremacy over everything. He has given us everything. He has saved he, has, he is one day going to glorify us in God and heaven for all eternity, and because he has paid a ransom for our sins, and, and we have uh, given our life to him, that should mean something to each of us. Because what he did on that cross should matter to you. And if that is the most important thing in your life, if walking with Jesus is bigger than anything that you do or say, then who you date should reflect that. You show me who you are dating, and I will show you how close you want to be with Jesus. 
Because if if the person that you are dating isn't sold out to Jesus, doesn't talk like Jesus, doesn't act like Jesus, doesn't, doesn't joke like Jesus, doesn't love like Jesus, what that tells me is one of two things, is that you either aren't who you think you are, or you're letting loneliness short circuit and fill a spot in your life that only Jesus can fill. So students, be honest with yourself. Do they really love Jesus? Do they really care about him? Do they really pursue today? How to date starts with Jesus and it's always in a process And that process is always ending with Jesus. You start prayerfully. You're asking him to bring you the right person. Like how many of us in this room right now, we are weighed down with worrying about, well, I gotta find this person, find this person. Like we all think like we need to find this person before we graduate. Let me tell you, most of y'all aren't ready to to be married before you graduate, right? Like, Like just think about it. Take that timeline off of it. Wipe it clear. Like let Jesus be able to bring you a person. Let Jesus be Jesus to you, amen? Like trust him, pray to him, give it to him. Some of you need to clarify some things in your own relationships. And you need to clarify what your main objective is in dating. Some of you, like I said earlier, you're like, well, how can I, like, how can I know if I want to marry him or her if I haven't gotten to know her or him? Well, maybe you shouldn't get into a relationship with somebody that you don't know if you want to marry them or not. Like, why do we get into relationships with someone that we don't know? I always say, and this is, a couple pastors have said this before, like, a lot of pastors think that you should only date for six months. Hello, come on, right? You want to clarify? Clarify everything. Take all the titles off. And know that there's no privileges without the responsibility. Make sure you clarify every step. Maybe some of y'all in here, you realize, like, I don't need to really clarify anything with anybody else right now because I feel like I need to clarify my life with Jesus. Some of y'all need to clarify your life with Jesus right now. Make sure that he is the king of of your life. Make sure he is the aim of your life. Make sure he is the rewarder in your life. Maybe tonight you just need to clarify some roles with Jesus tonight. Lastly, autonomy. Who they are individually in their own walk with Jesus. You need to evaluate their battles, their attendance, their relationship with Jesus. And when you evaluate, you need to set a bar so high that it is a non-negotiable They need to be this person. They need to love Jesus this way. They need to attend these things. They need to be sold out, passionate for Jesus. That is how you date. You date to a value.